I gave you some homework. I hope you did the homework. Because it, was, it wasn't meant for me to give you marks, but it was actually meant for you to be energized and be able to overcome obstacles that the enemy brings your way. Amen? Amen. You remember the question? Wow. No, someone was there the first time. The second time was overcoming obstacles. Told you to write down obstacles that you're struggling to overcome. Secondly, look through the scriptures and see uh, people who had obstacles in their way and how they managed to overcome them, which will help you to also overcome. You remember that? Yeah, it's coming to your memory now. But this is one thing I want to say about this morning. Yesterday in the morning, we, I actually attended a meeting. And at the meeting, one thing that was said there was this. Most of the time, we know the uh, omnipresence of God, you know, all around. And as the scriptures tell us, the moment we give our lives to Christ, there's a stamp on us that we have the Holy Spirit in us. But then, for things to happen in our lives, things to happen wherever we go, we need the manifest presence of God. And I believe that this morning, the manifest presence of God was here. And you see, when the manifest presence of God is around, things begin to happen. Burdens are lifted. Sicknesses are healed. The cry of our heart is heard by God because his presence is manifest. And I trust that you will not take times of worship like this lightly because God is on the move. We are in a time of our lives where, you know, things that are happening around us make us wonder whether God is still alive. Because some of us are not seeing things happening. You pray and you feel like, where is God in all of this? Where is my God? You know, some time ago, you know, in meetings, we see healings taking place and salvation happening almost all the time. But these days, we don't have testimonies of people being saved a lot like it used to be. But I want to assure you that God is still on the throne. Amen. And he is on the move. It is up to us to have the abiding presence of God with us. Abiding in him. And that's my topic for today. When you abide in him, things begin to happen. And, um, oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm so glad that even though... <laughs> Some of you know that I'm retired. You know, I stepped back from leading a church. But I'm busier than ever. And I'm, almost, I'm always ready, anywhere I am, to share the love of God. Because God loves us. He cares about us. And today, when we break down, abiding in him, you know, we'll see certain things that will help us on our way. Amen?
So let's turn our Bibles to John 15, 1 to 11. John 15, 1 to 11. And I'm so glad to meet uh, Pastor Rana and Becky. And uh, later on, we'll sit down and have, you know, a meal together and uh, share fellowship. And I hope they'll bless us as well <laughs> before we go off on our way. Praise God. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you that you are God and there is none like you. We want to thank you that the entrance of your word brings light and gives understanding to the simple. We are simple people, but we believe that we serve a great big God. And serving such a great big God, nothing will ever phase us because you are in us. And Father, your presence goes with us wherever we go. And we thank you that indeed you show through us to the world that indeed you are God. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, there are certain things that are happening and as uh, Pastor Rana said earlier, the rainbow has been hijacked. The rainbow, which gives us the promise of God that he's not going to destroy us any longer, has been hijacked. And the world is trying to impact us. And some of us are allowing ourselves to be impacted we are not able to speak. But I want to assure you that when you have the abiding presence with you, the presence, abiding presence of God with you, you'll be as bold as a lion. You know, sometimes, even in our workplaces, we are made to fear because you don't want to say the wrong word. Oh, hallelujah. You see, when God is in you, no word is wrong. His word is powerful. John 15, I'm the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, and I'm actually reading from the New King James Version, As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burnt. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loves me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. 
These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. Hallelujah. You know, there's nothing like having joy, the joy of the Lord. You know, as uh, another part of scripture says, the joy of the Lord is what? My strength. You see, if your relationship with God isn't right, no human relationship will fill your emptiness. The happiest people are those who have found that God is enough, nothing else. So find God, and happiness will find you. Amen? Amen. 1 John 2, 6 says this, He who says he abides in him ought also to walk just as he walked. He who says he abides in him ought to walk just as he walked. You know, we're talking about Jesus here. Jesus walked a certain path. And he was fearless. Even though everything around him seemed to be negative and uh, there was pressure here, there, and everywhere, he wasn't phased at all. He knew what he had come to this world for. And he has called us and chosen us as his disciples to walk just as he walked. And uh, I want us to concentrate on John 15, verse 5. It says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. You see, some, some of us think that, uh, you know, we can do everything. We think we are it all. But the thing is, it says what? Apart from me or without me, you can do nothing. So it is, it is pertinent for us to realize that it is only in Jesus Christ that we can accomplish whatever task he has given to us. You see, God wants to live in us. He wants to be our source. See, living in God means you rely on him for everything. You know, I've known people who, before they take any step, they speak to God about it. And it is very important because, you know, you remember my favorite uh, phrase, NBNB. Do you remember that? Oh, come on. No Bible, no breakfast. Let's give her a hand. You see, no Bible, no breakfast. That is a sort of discipline that you have in the morning before you step out of the house. You see, when you, when you have that time with God, it is amazing. I was speaking to a, a lady the other day, and she said, Pastor, I found what you said to be true. Because each time I have that quiet time with God before I step out of the house, I find that invariably the scriptures that I've read guide me through the day so that when difficulties are coming, I'm already aware of them. Hallelujah. And I'm able to overcome. So, no Bible, no breakfast. <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, you can rely on God for strength. You can rely on him for provision. You can rely on him for hope. You can rely on him for joy. If he is your source, you rely on him for your very life. Just like the air that you breathe. Because without air, you will not be able to live one, I mean, five minutes. 
I've known of people who, you know, have been without air for some time and they were literally dead until, you know, the power of God entered into them and they came back to life. Don't limit God. So you remember, the same God who made the way last time will make a way this time too. Amen? Amen. See, the true Christian is called to be a soldier. You see, and a soldier obeys commands. I mean, these days, people are becoming a bit rebellious and all that. You know, why should we follow this rule? Why should we follow that? You know, and all that. But when you are in the military, there's a saying that, you know, we had some time ago, and I believe it's still the same today. Obey before complain. Yeah. That is the rule in the army. Obey before complain. Because, you see, in the army, without that discipline, without that obedience to your commanders, you don't get anywhere. And that is what the Christian life is like. The true Christian is called to be a soldier and must behave like a soldier. He's not meant to live a life of religious ease, indolence, and security. He must never imagine for a moment that he can sleep and doze along the way to heaven. Just like traveling on easy carriage. And this was uh, a quote by J.C. Rao, you know, somebody who trans. Uh, sort of uh, gave some thought to some scriptures and wrote commentaries on that. It's called J.C. Ryle. You see, sometimes life doesn't go our way. And we can feel frustrated. We can feel angry and upset. And every one of us experiences that, right? And it's up to us to choose how we react to difficult times. It may be tempting to feel negative, but using positive phrases and words can make a huge difference. Amen? Amen? Amen. And the Bible, you remember, you know, what I said about memorizing scripture? You remember that as well? You see, when you memorize scripture and situations come your way, hallelujah, you know, the Lord himself brings those words back to your mind. Say, oh, hallelujah, praise God. Oh, wow, this situation, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves me. So this situation is not going to pull, pull me down. Hallelujah. In reality, life will always have ups and downs. And true happiness isn't a life without problems. True happiness is the ability to deal with whatever comes your way, even if you find yourself in a very unpleasant situation. To do what makes you happy, you know, in this culture, can be very, very toxic to Christians. We are not called to do what makes us happy. That's a bit controversial, isn't it? But let me tell you why. We are called to do what glorifies God. Christianity isn't always sunshine and happiness. It is hard work and a dedication to God. 
not us. Therefore, do what glorifies God. And I tell you, when you do what glorifies God, your life would be easy. You see, I say it to be easy, but nevertheless, you will be tested by major challenges. You'll be tested by delayed promises. You'll be tested by unanswered prayers. You'll be tested by unnecessary criticisms and even by senseless tragedies. Things will happen to you that you'll be wondering, where is God in all of this? And myself and my wife, we, we're going through, you know, some things that we're wondering, you know. For a whole year, we've been praying, God, where are you and all that. But I believe one thing. Oh, hallelujah. God works all things together for our good. Amen. Amen? Amen. He works all things together for our good. You see, as, as the saying goes, you know, without any testing, you don't have a testimony. And I believe that, you know, in this coming week, we are going to have a testimony to give glory to our God because he cares. Amen? Amen. said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And John 16.33 says this, These things I have spoken to you that, you, that in me you will have what? Peace. In the world, you have what? Tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. This is Jesus talking. And what did we say earlier? We want to walk the way he walked. And he says what? I have overcome. And because he has overcome, we are also going to overcome. Hallelujah. Nothing is going to pull us down. So I want to tell you not to jeopardize your relationship with God for a few moments of pleasure. And to be able to do that, you see, wherever we are, whenever we, you know, wake up in our waking hours, God is always speaking. He's always speaking. And I want to tell you something, something that has helped me and I believe will help you too. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17, it says what? Pray without ceasing. See, wherever you are, everywhere you're going, you must be in constant communion with God. That is why David said in Psalm 23, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Where is the house of the Lord? The Bible says what? Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so we have to, you know, dwell in the communicating with God on a regular, constant basis. And as we do that, oh, hallelujah, you realize that even though all the pressures that I've mentioned earlier will be around you, you're still, hallelujah, you are still strong because you are in regular contact with the Lord. Amen? Amen. The Almighty, oh, hallelujah. Before I come to that, you know, verse, the verse 5 of uh, John 15 that, you know, we are talking about. He says what? I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. You see, this verse that we are looking at says that we are connected to him. 
See, and when we are connected to him, we will bear what? Fruit. Our connection with God enables us to be fruitful and blessed in every situation. You see, a branch of a tree thrives when it is connected. And our connection with God is the same. And that is where our prosperity comes from. You see, our prosperity doesn't come from us having money, cars, and all, houses, and all of that. Yes, those things are necessary, but that is not where our prosperity lies. The Almighty can change your entire life in a blink of an eye. Therefore, we have to have what? Firm faith in him. You remember, you know, the word uh, faith, I have an acronym for it. Forsaking all, I trust him. F, forsaking. A, all, I, I, T, trust him. Forsaking all, I trust him. I trust God in every situation and every circumstance because he is in control. He won't burden us with more than we can handle. So move on, one step at a time. You know, when, when uh, we were young people, we, were, we used to teach in Sunday school. And one of the songs we loved to sing was this. One step at a time, only one step at a time. That is the way the Lord will lead you, one step at a time. Take that one step carefully, walk that one step prayerfully. That is the way to victory, one step at a time. That is the way to victory, one step at a time. You know, you don't have to do so much. But every little steps, sorry, every little step takes you closer to God. So move on, one step at a time, asking him to grant you the strength and the guidance. And when he guides, no one can misguide you. Trust in the Lord. You see, as you abide in him, he will pour his abundant favor on you. Now, let's go down to, you know, the nitty-gritty now. Hallelujah. All that I've said earlier was just an introduction. <laughs> Amen? Amen? Seriously, that was just an introduction. Now we are going to go into the main meat. See, and I hope you are taking notes. You see, <laughs> when we come to church, it's like we are in school. See, there's not much we can do on a Sunday. We're only here for, what, a couple of hours or an hour and a half? But, uh, you know, the real work starts when we leave church. So maybe later on you listen to this message again. Now, I want to give you the definition of fruit, as the dictionary tells us. What is fruit? Fruit is the edible part of a plant or a tree. For example, grapes, melons, oranges, bananas, almonds, you know, et cetera, and et cetera. That's the fruit, you know, the edible uh, part of a tree. Now, the second definition of fruit is the entire produce of a particular, 
area or the land. For example, the entire produce of uh, Hertfordshire might be apples, all right? So that is the fruit from that particular area, the produce of the land. But the third one is what we want to concentrate on, the results of one's action or character. That is your fruit, the result of your action or your character. See, in this context, we are looking at the results of our human actions. Proverbs 11.30, the first part says this, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of what? Life. The fruit of the righteous is what? The tree of life. The amazing thing is that while our relationship with God is in secret, the product is visible. Amen? Amen. Let me repeat that. While our relationship with God is in secret, the product is highly visible. So whatever we do with God in secret should make people see who he truly is in our lives. Let me give you, you know, a story that happened uh, not quite long ago. A lady was in a workplace, and uh, they were actually wanting to give some redundancies. And uh, this lady said, well, she was so tired of work, and she wanted to take it easy. So she applied for the redundancy. You know, other people applied, and everyone was given, you know, whatever, whatever. And then she was waiting, and nothing happened. She was wondering, why is it that I've not been considered? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm due for this, and uh, I have to have it. But it didn't come. So she went to her boss and asked, boss, what is going on? I applied for this, and uh, I'm not getting it. You know what the boss said? You are your worst enemy. What? What is that supposed to mean? The boss said, the nature of your work, and this is a Christian, the nature of your work is such that we can't afford to lose you. What is the nature of your work? To the extent that your boss can tell you we can't afford to lose you. I'm talking about what? The secret things that you do with God is made manifest for all to see. That is the fruit that Jesus is talking about. You are your worst enemy. You're not an enemy in the sense of the word enemy, but because of the way you carry yourself, people always want to have you with them, even though you're a Christian. Hallelujah. Amen? Amen. The world sees all that we do. And they recognize who we are, the fruit that we bear. Luke 6, 45 to, sorry, 43 to 45, and then Matthew 23, 33 to 37. They are, you know, basically the same story. Jesus said this, for a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad fruit bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, or do they gather grapes from a bumble bush? A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. 
And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Matthew 12. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. Brood of vipers, how can you, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good fruits. Good things, rather. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. You see, it is not only living in an intimate relationship with Jesus and obeying his commands can a Christian produce the good fruit that... Sorry, it is only... Sorry, let me rephrase that. It is only by living in an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and obeying his commandments can a, Christian's, a Christian produce the fruit that God desires. Through a personal and sustained relationship with Jesus Christ, is fruitfulness possible? It has to be sustained. Not just for today and then you put it aside and then tomorrow. God as our Father is always eager to give us good gifts according to his promises. That should encourage us to seek him more. Hallelujah. See, I love Colossians chapter 3. If you don't read anything at all for the next week, every day when you wake up, read Colossians chapter 3. I mean, I love that particular chapter of scripture. I love so many scriptures, but that particular one, you know, that's your next homework. Colossians 3. Try reading Colossians 3 for one week. It will transform your life. Amen? Amen. All right? Note that down. Because next time when I come, I will not just stand here, but I will call someone to come and talk about it. So beware. <laughs> Hallelujah. Colossians 3, 1 to 3 says, If you then have been raised with Christ, seek those things that are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden in Christ and in God. Wow. Double protection. You have died and you are hidden in Christ and you are hidden in God. Wow. That is why it is important for us, what? To seek those things that are above. You remember the last time I said, what? We are only here for a short while. And I said that last night as well. Eternity is a long time. So we have to prepare for that. You see, all these things that we are going through is preparation for the glory that we'll be enjoying. Hallelujah. If you have been raised with Christ, seek those things that are above. You see, when you set your mind on higher things, you will see what God sees. And your faith grows stronger and many things become a reality and you will live an abundant life. Hallelujah. You see, I love, I love uh, Psalm 37 verse 4. It says, well, delight yourself also in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. You know, a lot of people misquote this. Or they quote this often. It says what? Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. 
You see, <laughs> it doesn't mean that, you know, you, you just say, oh, Lord, I want a car, and then a car will come your way. I want a house, and it will happen. No, that is not what this particular verse is saying. What it is saying is this. Because you delight yourself in the Lord, your thoughts are focused on the things that the Lord desires for you. And those are the things that when you ask God, you will receive. Amen? Amen. I hope you've got that. You see, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the things that you have to desire. And when you ask him for the things that he has put there that you desire, oh, hallelujah. No more pain. <laughs> Praise God. That is why, you know, John 15, 7 says, well, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. That is an extension of, you know, Psalm 37, verse 4. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it will be done for you. Because it is the word that is stirring up something within you that you can ask. And I can assure you, when you ask what the Lord has put there for you to ask, easy peasy. Amen? You know, your life would flow as beautifully as. God wants to. I'm, I'm coming to a conclusion soon, soon. And when the pastor says I'm coming to a conclusion, be aware that another hour is coming. <laughs> Hallelujah. Psalm 16, verse 11. We've been quoting this all the time. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Look, when you, when you abide in the presence of God, as, as we did this morning, I don't know how you felt. Joy was welling up in my spirit because as I was coming, I was praying that, Lord, what we talked about yesterday, about your, your omnipresence, about your indwelling presence, I want to see the manifest presence. And indeed, his presence was manifest here. And you could, you know, as I was standing there, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. And I could go on just worshiping for the rest of the day. And I know that, oh, hallelujah, there is joy in my heart. Sometimes obeying God may make you look crazy to people. And sometimes they will counsel you. They will counsel you, you know. They don't want to know. Sometimes they will even mock you and even laugh at you. But I want to tell you something. When the rain started, Noah didn't look stupid after all. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. You know, they were laughing at him. Oh, crazy man. What are you building? They've not seen anything like that. But when the rain started, <laughs> who was crazy? Who was stupid? And that is the way people will treat you. When you speak the truth from Scripture, you know, you don't have to argue. You don't have to fight. But just state your point clearly. That is why it is important for us to memorize Scripture. That is why it is important for us to meditate on scripture. That's why I ask you to learn Psalm 1. 
Blessed is the man that has not walked in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his Lord as he will meditate and, uh, day and night. He shall be like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water, who brings forth his fruit in due season. But the ungodly are not so. They are like the chaff that the wind blows away. Hallelujah. Psalm 1. I'll stop right there. You see, people will laugh at you. But when the rain comes, hallelujah, they realize that you're not crazy after all. (sighs) Beloved, this is our season. I believe it. We will rise above us every situation and the you know, limitations that are there because faithful is he who has called us. He will definitely complete the work he has begun in us in Jesus' name. Amen. You don't know how strong you are <laughs> until being strong is the only you know, option that you have. We have to be strong. Abide in him. And I'll conclude with this uh, portion of scripture from 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14 to 18. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. And God said, and God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, cut out from among them. Oh, hallelujah. Sorry. Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and it shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord. One thing we have to realize is we are in the world, but we are not of the world. And therefore, we have to be separate from the world. We don't follow their language. We don't follow their teachings and stuff like that. You know, just about a couple of weeks ago, a so-called bishop says the world is changing. So we have to change according to the world. A bishop in the church of Christ. We are not guided by the world. We are guided by the spirit of God and by his word. The Bible says the word of God is what? Powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And when you apply the word, oh, hallelujah, there's nothing that can face you. Let us pray. Shall we stand? Hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I've thrown a challenge today, abiding in the Lord. I don't know where you are at with the Lord today. I don't know where you want to be 
but I want to be close to the Lord. Can I have the musicians come forward, please? Hallelujah. I wonder how many of you know this song. Draw me close to you. Never let me go. I lay it all down again. To hear you say that I'm your friend. You are my desire no one else would do cause nothing else can take your place to hear you say that I'm your friend help me find the way Bring me back to you. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I Help me know you are near. You're all I want. You're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. You're all I want. Help me. As we pray, I want all of us to just think about what we've heard today. And if there's anything in your life that needs to be transformed and renewed, the word of God says, now is the acceptable time. Not the next minute, not tomorrow, but now. God wants to come in now. So just lift your voice and pray and say, Lord, you're all I want. You're all I've ever needed. Help me to know that you are near. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just pray. Call on God. Say, call on me, for I will hear and I will answer. And I will show you great and mighty things. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you that, Lord, the entrance of your word brings life. And gives understanding to the simple. We are simple. But we believe that, Lord God, you will give us understanding. And you show us who you truly are the great king above all, 
the one who ought to be worshipped, the one who ought to be glorified at all times, the one who is ready to help us to live a life that brings glory to your name and, oh, give us life wherever we are. Father, we thank you for your grace, which is sufficient for every need in our lives. And Father, we pray that, Lord, from today onwards, we will remember that in abiding in you, we'll be able to bear fruit, fruit that abides, that all may see that Christ Jesus lives in us and they'll learn to love him too. We give you praise. Hallelujah. You're all I want. You're